one in front. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have... Shelly. Ruth. Bahad. Pia. And me, Eric. We're already on season two, cycle two, which means it's my turn again. And I assign the fogies to watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, Briefly... Uh, This movie is about a woodworker who loses a son in tragedy, and in his drunken grief, he builds a boy puppet and pleads with the universe to bring his son back. The universe answers. But the newly sober, grief-stricken man is horrified by this admittedly disturbing development and is not interested in replacing his lost son, so Pinocchio sets out into the world alone to avoid hurting his papa any further. His papa, though, realizes his cruelty and then searches high and low to bring him home. By the end, each of them has risked his life for the other, learning what being human and being family really mean. Uh, Obviously, it's a familiar story to most of us, but certainly with a different tone and angle. Uh, It took Del Toro since 2008 to get this made, production hell, as they call it, and almost 1,000 days of animation to, to create this. It's set in wartime which is common in GTT. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to abbreviate Guillermo del Toro's name as GDT from now on, because it's hard to say that mouthful all at once. So you're welcome to do the same. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a lot of his films, but for instance, the devil's backbone, Pan's labyrinth and nightmare alley, they're all set at or around world war II. And uh, Pinocchio similarly begins uh, at the end of world war one. Uh, and then most of the story takes place basically at the beginning of World War II. So we were in fascist Italy under Mussolini and the gear up to war. Uh, it, this is a beautiful, beautiful, whimsical movie with uh, a main character that will have every child or child at heart jumping off the furniture in absolute delight at the world around them. On the flip side, GDT brings a tweaked sense of humor and more mature vision of morality to play. There is Definitely a darkness here, um, like in a lot of his other films, uh, in big ways, like with the specter of war looming over everything and, and you know, the actual loss of life, uh, fascism, for instance. Uh, and even in little moments, though, like, uh, for instance, when he locks Pinocchio, Pinocchio up in the cupboard uh, when, he, when he first meets him, that struck me as a very like harsh thing. I, I felt like I really felt Pinocchio in that moment. It was like, he's being treated like a thing and, and basically, you know, it's kind of like child, it felt like child abuse. And I felt like that was a very dark thing. The co-screenwriter for this though, is a guy named Patrick McHale uh, who worked on Adventure Time, which is one of my all time favorite shows. It went for like 10 years. Uh, and Patrick McHale, I guess, uh, was a, a writer uh, on it for the first five. Uh, if I read correctly. And I, I definitely see how um, his style works into this too, because, you know, he's no stranger to, 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 to playing out how cuteness can stand side by side with this cold, unfeeling universe 
uh, you know, this kind of like emptiness and, and high drama, even though, you know, there's a lot of cutesy things happening. Uh, so I adored Pinocchio uh, in this movie, thanks to the actor who played him, Gregory Mann. Uh, he, the, what he brings to the character, it makes him pure wonder incarnate. And he sings like an angel. I just could not believe it. I, I could have listened to him sing the entire movie if they wanted to just do it as a straight musical. Uh, and then the other two main protagonists that round out the cast are Ewan McGregor as the cricket and um, a man named David Bradley as Geppetto. And I know David Bradley because he was a main character on The Strain. Uh, which was an FX show uh, basically about vampires, but it's a little more complicated than that, that ran for about five years. And Guillermo del Toro, GDT, was was a um, co-creator of that as well, I think. And that man is a very talented actor. And they all, I mean, their performances, I just could not believe it. They were absolutely perfectly cast, in my opinion. So I hope none of you decided to recast them or um, I guess no points for you this round. There, there was uh, a huge, big lot of choices for who to recast, so just putting that out there. Um, also, David Bradley, some of us probably know as Filch from the Harry Potter oh, movies. Yes, yes. Um, so the I thought it was a, a great update on the Cricket character, too. I love that they made him a little bit of a self-absorbed travel snob, uh, but he does, like, you know, he takes his, jo- his responsibility uh, to heart, <clears throat> literally <laughs> and figuratively, uh, once... Um, the, you know, Wood Sprite, who's the embodiment of life, tasks him with taking care of Pinocchio. And, and he was really wonderful. And Ewan McGregor just, he has such a warmth in his voice and a playfulness. It's, it was, it's really fun to listen to him. Uh, I also really loved that in this movie, you know, as far as changes go to the storyline, he didn't become a real boy, quote unquote, at the end, because the movie wasn't about fitting anyone's notion about being real or valuable. It was about being yourself and caring for people because of who they are and not who you hope that they'll be. Uh, and also a little bit about when it is good, a good idea to be disobedient and when it's not. Like, you know, if a fascist tells you to shoot somebody, you say no, you stand up for yourself or for your friends. Uh, but, you know, if, you're, if your papa says you need to go to school, you should listen because you care about him. Uh, so I, I really loved that about it. The end of the movie was very difficult for me, though, because, you know, these characters that you, I didn't even realize how much I cared about them, even the monkey, Spazzatura, kind of into him towards the end. But when they start talking about each of these characters passing away, uh, and poor Pinocchio has to bury every one of them, and he just get, gets to go on. It was really, really dark for me and, and kind of upsetting it. There was this, like, emptiness about it. Um, and I guess, you know, they say... The cricket says from the afterlife that, you know, he thinks Pinocchio probably eventually died. And I wondered, like, what are the rules on that? Does, is he just living longer than the rest of them because he's young or does he live as long as a tree lives or something? And so it's going to be like 150 or more years. Um, I don't know how long pine wood lasts um, since that's the specific tree he's made of. But, um, but uh, so then, you know, related to that, I can't decide. I couldn't decide if in the mid credit scene that shows us Cricket in the afterlife, whether it was a, a buyback that kind of dilutes the power of those final scenes, or if it was a necessary relief from that empty, lonely feeling in the end. I don't know where I stand on it, because I, I did definitely like, I loved it when he popped back up again. He was like, okay, I was like, okay, good, good, good. I don't have to cry. <laughs> but at the other, on the other hand, I was like, I don't know. It seems like you, you made a, a very um, 
point you had a poignant moment at the end of the film and then having the, the comical moments in the afterlife with him and the and the um what do they call them the dead rabbits they had a name i can't remember i'll have to look it up um i you know i don't know if that was what we needed but uh so uh, a couple questions to set you all on your way before i start calling on the next person they were called the black rabbits the black rabbits okay thank you so a couple of questions uh briefly before I pick the next person to speak is one, what did you think of the music in the movie? Cause I didn't actually realize it was going to have musical moments. They, they said that it's not considered a musical, um, but it just has some numbers in it. Um, so I wondered what you thought of the music and also what moral lessons do you think the movie was conveying to viewers? So the first person I'll call on to give us their views and maybe speak on those things is Ruth. Okay. Yeah, I think also um as far as for what uh the movie conveyed is to be yourself um and really, you know, be the best person you can and live life to the fullest really because you never know when your time will end. Good point. And yeah, like you're saying too, like tell the truth, but like there's certain times you can't always be like perfect about it, but there's certain times we'll Pinocchio so they could get out of the whale's mouth that he lied so they could they could free so because since his nose stretched <laughs> I would uh just add a question then do you think that they um played uh and this is for everyone but you first Ruth in this version of Pinocchio do you think they played on that feature enough the fact that when he lies his nose grows because really it didn't get used the way to the effect that it did, for instance, in the Disney version, where there's a he, there's a very serious lesson he's learning about telling the truth to people. And I don't feel like in this movie, Pinocchio really had a problem with telling the truth, but they do use his nose to, for instance, try to escape and things like that. Yeah, they don't, I guess, show it as much of a moral. Well, the only real thing is, is I would say the real tragic part would be when he was told to go to school and then he gets kidnapped, which is one, <laughs> which in that case, I guess, if he was lying about, I guess, saying he was going to go, but actually didn't. But um, it was definitely a different kind of um, feeling. Um, the music like was pretty soothing. Um, I guess it was a completely different way to go for me. So um, I love like with uh, how cool it is with the animation, but also the ones with... Um, with movies kind of like that i guess because i kind of have they kind of creep me out in a way too with about <laughs> if that makes sense which kind of movies um some of the ones that are kind of like you know the tim burton type ones with uh okay like stop motion kind of character. this yeah. did remind me more than one time um of uh the the nightmare before christmas I guess just in sort of the, the fluidness of the movements and sort of the, the expansive world that we were in. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I um thought at least for the, um the grant, the uh, Geppetto, not as much, but I felt like the kids kind of the way they were, they were made like drawn and stuff. They were a little bit creepy looking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's just me. Um, it is neat to kind of see a different take, but I do wish that Pinocchio um, ended up when he was a real boy. I thought it would have been cool if he was like, a, saw him as a real boy and not just still, still as wood. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, you get to see kind of further along. Um, and I was wondering the same thing, too, as far as if he, um, yeah, like how long was he actually live as a life of as a as a real boy through adulthood? Or is he going to live the life of a tree as well? Um, yeah, they did. Ma- they did mention that he never got older. So, I mean, he's it, 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 as a wooden person, he's not going to get any bigger. Um, I guess his voice won't change, but I assume he got more mature, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he'll find himself another wooden, uh, puppet type to, for his wife. I don't know. (laughs) To drill. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Um, and then the only, the thing, obviously I really didn't like, um, I forgot what the bad guy's name was that had the, the show. The one who also had a son. Oh no, uh, Count Volpe, the with the circus. Yes, he also struck struck me as when he first approaches um, Pinocchio. I'm thinking he tells him about candy. My first thought is, you know, you're a pedophile, and I was just like, that's how you're attracting children. And <laughs> but um, that's one part obviously that really creeped me out. And you think of first about when you meet him, you can you already know he's a bad guy. But the um, what is his name? The monkey. yeah my opinion at first was i thought he was a bad guy but um he ended up actually really being really good and i like that they finally ended up standing up for themselves okay anything else i guess that's really so far okay feel free to jump in now as more people speak yeah (laughs) okay next up is shelly tell us what you think all right i loved this movie very much i loved that I loved the backdrop of the rise of fascism in Italy. I thought that was really interesting. And I, I did chuckle when um, Mussolini was at the performance and he didn't like this kind of puppet. It, I just thought it was super cute. The only thing that really bugged me was the fact that they were Italian, but the little boy had, and, and the dad were both British. So that threw me off and, and it's, um, I, I, that threw me off for the first, I mean, I loved them as cast. I mean, I was trying to think while I was watching the whole thing, who I would recast and I wouldn't, I thought they were both great, but that did just kind of, it got stuck with me for the first, like maybe 20 minutes or so. I kept thinking, well, that's not an Italian accent. Well, he's not Italian. <laughs> um, but I loved, I mean, I, I, I really, really enjoyed the entire movie i thought all of the voice actors did a great job and i agree the little boy had a beautiful singing voice and i enjoyed i love watching uh, you know fairy tales different like the same fairy tale but like different versions of it so like the disney version and then you i like to see i like to compare so i was watching it like oh that's different you know comparing that this story versus the Disney story um, versus there was another Pinocchio that came out this year, right? Yes. With Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Yes. So that, I I mean, I just enjoy that. And it reminds you of um, like um, your family or something retelling stories over time and people add a little or tell it a little differently and it means differently to people based on who's telling it. Yeah. So I, yeah. I understand that. That makes sense. Yes, exactly. And I am, I have, I have more to say, but I'm going to let someone else 
uh, give their general thoughts and I will uh, chime in. Okay. Uh, well, just based on something you mentioned, you said you, you, you enjoyed the Mussolini's appearance at the circus. Uh, speaking of yeah. one of my earlier questions, how did you all feel about the music? What did you think about the poop song that Pinocchio <laughs> chooses to perform for him? I thought that was great. And I, um, th- this movie wouldn't be suited for small children. I think that I was trying to think what age, um, I I'm thinking 10, 10 and up and that the kids would find that hilarious. They would love it. <laughs> I, I, I it kind of stood out as me as like, um, this is a weird ch- decision to make, but, but I guess, you know, Pinocchio at his age, this is exactly what he would think would be funny to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of ages of children I- who should watch this, do you think, um, do you think though, that if that younger kids who watch this would maybe just not understand the bigger concepts going on and maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't be too dark for them? Probably, probably, except some of, I found some of the imagery might be scary. Like the, the, um, was it wood nymph, nymph, the fairies? They Sprite. were kind of scary. Right. Yeah. Whatever the difference might be. <laughs> they had the um, eyeballs on their tentacles and like, it was very. And their wings. Yeah. Their wings. Yeah. Like, Everything whoa. was blinking at you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think kids would really, I mean. Sparkly. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'll be curious to hear then from Takia next, because she mentioned uh, when I announced this movie that, uh, that she really liked this, the 1980s Pinocchio animated feature that was, I guess, a bit crazy and dark. Um, and there were things that I watched when I was a kid that I had a darkness to them. Uh, and I think they went over my head and, and some of it, even the stuff that should have been scary I kind of found beautiful, but some things did scare me, even from animation. So, so then let's go straight into Takia. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, it was a very hauntingly beautiful movie. Hauntingly mean, like not, I wouldn't say scary in this case, like very, uh, yeah, hauntingly beautiful. <laughs> um, love the animation. I love the, I feel like I could reach into TV and touch Geppetto's beard or Pinocchio's wood. <laughs> Like the careful just sounded very wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, his, I would count Volpe may have been a pedophile after all. I don't know. <laughs> As I came out my mouth, hey, what I was saying, the non non dirty Oh, the word choice to keep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Eric. <laughs> I've you know, I've got a child's dirty mind right now. I noticed. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, anyway, continue. I I had to talk more about the visual imagery. It was, oh, it is more gorgeous. It felt so real. Like, I feel like I, 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 was, I was starting with Geppetto's beard. It, look, it looked like one of those, uh, you know, those clay figurines that were very popular, I guess, in the 90s. They were like uh, gnomes and nymphs and things you buy. I don't know. This was clay, like, though, right? This Wasn't this stop motion animation? Like That was that? clay? Yeah, this was no. This was all uh, hand carved puppets. Yeah, okay. So yeah, not, this not was not drawn. This wasn't like drawn animation. Well, I was, I was watching that. Good, goodness, all God Almighty! I was like, wow, that's really good animation. How they do that? So I was wondering. Okay, I did not know that. I okay. I was, I was thinking like claymation. The eighties. It wasn't nothing like that. Like okay. Yeah, anyway, no. I, I, was, I would actually. I would suggest. Um, I would recommend to everyone because I did this right after the movie. I watched. Uh, Netflix also has a thirty minutes uh, making of 
that you can watch. And um, it's incredible. Like some of the puppets, uh, they have like, um, they're like robots inside. They have mechanisms inside their faces so that they can like move his brows really easily. Uh, and and um, and the way they uh, they um, sculpted and and manufactured the others too, it's very fascinating. It's very beautiful. Anyway, it's continue. amazing what yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, it's amazing how they they combine animation with the like I said with, with the sculpting. It's amazing. And I loved. Um, yeah, I'm gonna talk more about <laughs> the designs and everything. I love that he did Pinocchio. Man, that was amazing. Um, you know, you think of the Pinocchio of like the 1980s. Uh, the other millions of Pinocchios they've had and they look like little boys this one was like the most away from a little boy possible while uh, being a little boy yeah because the way it was designed it was so like there's some artistic words but they'll probably come to me while someone else is talking I'll be like oh that's the word I was looking for but <laughs> um yeah it, I have this words to describe that type of design it was very amazing you look at the back of his head you saw the wood so you, you could tell he was like made uh, what you call it, when you make something really fast, you can tell he was, he was carved fast. I have a fancier word for it, but then. Yeah. Okay, that makes, okay. And he, he still had nails I can't think of it either, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I like looking in, the back, looking in the back of his head, like, wow, it's just this wood. He turns around and he, he hears a boy talking. He is a, supposed to be the appearance of a boy with barely, eyes are barely there, and, and but the mouth is going, it, it, I don't know. It, just, it was really, it was just really cool, really, really fascinating. He wasn't made to look like a boy, but but it was the appearance of the boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I love the fact that he looks like that because um, he's just yeah. more lovable that way, imperfect. It was, but good. also if you remember, he was made by a drunk man in the middle of the night who was like yes. crying the entire time. Ooh, that, so that, that adds yeah. another dimension to it too, Eric. Yes. Yeah, and I um, like, I don't know if you noticed, but he was asymmetrical. Like, uh, yeah, I like that part. He didn't get to the other side. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, but it, it worked though. Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that scene broke my heart when he was so upset and he made him in the middle. It just was so, oh, it was so heartbreaking. He missed yeah. his boy so much. And that I found that that was just, yeah. that was very touching. And, um, but I, did anyone else, I, I felt like he was, I wanted them to put clothes on him because I thought he felt uncomfortable, not because he was naked, but just because like, <laughs> he just needed to, you know, I like the warm. clothes off him because it made him this a little dimension to it. It was, it was something different. I know what you're saying, shall we? At first, I think I was kind of imagining with the clothes on, and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, it makes him a little know. upsetting to the townspeople. Yeah. This, clothes, right? Because it's strange like, to it is this thing you know, like, yeah yeah i don't know if clothes but i see what you mean in terms I, of covering him up like i see what you mean like keeping him, keep him warm yeah i um, wanted to yeah. see close yeah, yeah. um I like Eric, his Eric, legs were so extra long yeah well that's the whole point but i, I like yeah. this 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 form that i don't know they would say that he was awkward he, yeah. yeah with those extra he, and you, long legs and um and yeah. i like how he if he his dad would fix like if something got broken on him or his dad would fix it like yeah um i thought that was super cute and then he wanted the four legs like the like the cricket he's like can you make me four legs like <laughs> what was the cricket's name oh, um, I, I forgot his name too what was his name oh it was sebastian it was a J. long name yeah. sebastian it was, you know more basic yeah yeah sebastian j cricket 
I like to think that the J is Jiminy. Oh, <laughs> it probably is smart. Very smart. Yeah. Eric, you said a word describing before. It was that was like hot dog on the money. I forgot that word you said. That was describing um, his 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 um his disformed features. Like I liked it, but um. Was it when I said awkward? Asymmetrical. Maybe asymmetrical. I like asymmetrical. There's something else you said before that, but anyway, uh, uh it, everything I was thinking, trying to think about what described it. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then this, yeah, I I I think the the future of animation to definitely keep this route or one of the routes because this it, it's, it's really it's really interesting yeah um i like the okay, storyline i liked um it was fun i can't actually remember the original disney story of pinocchio <laughs> not at all so I, I don't i don't have any compared to and then even the one i mentioned to you guys that that was the, the pinocchio imprint on a night that was weird i don't remember much of it i had to go back and see it i didn't go back i didn't have time to go back and see that so i actually don't remember a lot of it but i do remember it was different Anyway, I like how this this one this one was different. I, I don't remember a wood spirit with with looking like this, you know, this crazy looking creature. Like I don't remember anything like that in original. It was the movie. blue fairy, wasn't it? Blue fairy, yeah. In the Disney movies, it was a. There blue were a few fairy. characters in this version that were um, sort of replacements for characters in the traditional story, but still yeah. filling a similar role. Similar role, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, and um, I like the the idea of of where, where Gepetto at first wanted him to be like his son, and Pinocchio kept on saying, "But I'm not your son." In the end, that was that took the heartstrings. But, but after you got they came, arrived on the island after being blown out that the the that fish's blowhole, where that fish was, yeah, the whale, his whale. Why did I think there was a whale? It was some big catfish or something. That was a whale. Called it a dogfish. It was a whale. Okay. Fish. In the original yeah. story, it's a whale. That's what I thought. I it's a whale. Yes. It. Yeah. yeah. No, I like the dogfish. I like they didn't go with the whale. The whale's too. I love whales, but this would have been too plain. This one was so ugly and weird. It was shaping. It was. It worked. <laughs> it was so weird looking. Anyway, I like in the end. In the end, yeah, he was um finally realized you need to live your own life. You're not my son, but you you are my you're not my original son, but I love you as my I guess my, my new son with, with your own you know with you have your own life and your own way of thinking and experiencing things that is yeah and that's that was what makes you I know you're not my son my original son so that was kind of cool how you came that realization and um the war stuff remind me of the whole Hitler Nazi Germany so that was interesting at one point when they doing the the, the Hitler sign yeah. The Sig heel, yeah, they're oh. doing all that. And um yeah, Italy was one of the Axis powers. So Yes. Yes. And I um, was I was I was looking up some uh stuff about the rise of Mussolini and mm -hmm. they did have a lot of and I guess you wouldn't call it like Hitler loose youth, but I don't know what you um fascist youth yeah, movement where they would start kids at like eight years old. Yeah. Um going to like uh, strict like education like they went for like six days a week and learning like fighting and and religion and like fascist instruction very interesting yeah yeah the, they know that you make a more committed fascist or or whatever the word might be if you get them young because it's much harder for people to to um to turn their backs on something like that when it feels like it's been a part of them most of their lives yeah. Well, you know, they're very personal right. at it. They're, they're very personal at age. That's yeah. why you got to watch how you, you know, when, when, yeah, yeah, how they, how you, you know, because 
raise up a child because they're, they're like sponges, of course, especially at the young age. Oh, I want to comment on what um, Shelley, you said about him being locking him in the cabinet. He locked him in the cabinet. He was shocked by him. He didn't know what to expect at first. Like, like, like that, that was like, oh my gosh, what is this thing walking around? This, 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 this block of wood. I didn't know this thing was going to walk and run around. So I think that's why he, he did that. I don't know if he was trying to be abusive. I think he was in shock or, or something like that. You know, like, like he was, you know, not expecting him to come to life. <laughs> so, I like the way they directed those parts and, and yeah. him in the church too, because it really did. Um, it even occurred to me that like, this is a very weird thing because the setting seems so real. And it's like, this would be a nightmare. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, 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 I thought that. Even though, no, sorry, even though normally I don't like those people, I couldn't blame a lot of them for saying it's a demon because, I mean, what would you do? Well, I, I understood that. It, 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 I was thinking that, I was thinking that too. I thought, well, I don't blame the, the people of the town because this, this puppet that's alive, a wooden boy, like that would be terrifying. Probably part of the reason they didn't put clothes on him too. They made that design decision because yeah. that kind of normalizes it a bit more, right? Like the Pinocchio puppet in the Disney movie looked pretty close to a boy because you know he's wearing clothes and was painted or whatever to look like one whereas this looked like some weird nightmare creature but adorable (laughs) depending on who you ask right ruth (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah well i did think also as far as how when he made when geppetto made pinocchio that like since he was so upset he kind of has a frail look too, which is to me kind of shows like how he was feeling as well. A lot of re- religious parts too with the Catholicism, with the um, in Italy, you know, with the Catholicism and all. So that was kind of interesting. I think at one point Pinocchio asked, "I forgot that whole uh, shoot. I've got to write it down." What was he said about you know why they why guys why guys why do they like him? Oh, because he's made and up not too. Yeah, why do they yeah. like him? But, but, and why was what was in the context? Why he was asking? Why you like him? But me because because uh, they're, like, they're praying and they're looking to Jesus. Yes, and that Jesus statue was made of wood, just like he's made of wood. Why do they like Jesus? Oh, but they don't they like him. That's what it was. Oh, they could have called him a demon. Oh, thank you. I I didn't I I watched it late last night, so I I didn't um just to write my I wanted to write that down thank you I like that scene that was that was really powerful I love that but, part yeah and there was a, yeah and there was a through line because later when Count Volpe just d- d- wants to set him on fire uh he basically has him on a cross so Pinocchio is yes. as Jesus from earlier but that's I think the point where really um Pinocchio is coming into his own so people do like him because he mm-hmm. started to make friends like like the monkey Spazzatura yeah um, so uh, maybe that it was sort of like a, maybe that was GDT doing the sort of, you know, bookends, you know, the, the parallels. Parallels, yeah. That imagery. That's a bit of parallel too. My last, my last comment was, um, I, I, the last part of it, when he was outliving everyone, remind me of, of my, my top five movies all the time, Benjamin Button, when he mm. was, uh-oh, before I say anything, everyone's seen it, right? <laughs> I know, I'm asking it before, but yeah. you haven't seen it. No, never mind, I can't say yeah. it. Darn it. Actually, I did once. <laughs> huh? I you think did I did once, actually. So I can say something about the end? I've seen it. Everybody's chilling? I don't care. I, okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Um, yeah, at the end, basically, he, he, he's, he grows up you know, from a, from a, he goes from old person to a baby, and he sees everyone pass away while he's, while they're getting older, he's getting younger. So, and, and, and I'm thinking Pinocchio, you know, he's, he's not getting younger, but he's living immortally. Not so aging. 
Yeah, that is, yeah, thank you. Not aging, so he um, you know watches everyone die, and that was felt tragic. That was tragic to me. So that was kind of sad because you know it's everyone. True. Yeah, this movie has that. It has a similar scale to it. Yes, yes. Of a lifetime, you know. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> since you mentioned Benjamin Button, which I believe stars Kate Blanchett. Yeah, she's in here too. Did you guys know that she's the monkey? Isn't that crazy? I just found it out when I saw the cast. <laughs> I was like, bit. wow. Well, this is like what I did with George Clooney with a dog in South Park. He gets paid a million dollars just to say. <laughs> that was weird. Woof, woof, I guess woof. Kate Blanchett uh, made the monkey noises, but she also does um, Spazzatura's impressions of the puppets that he Because the only time he can actually speak like a human is really? when he's operating the puppets. And I guess she did those voices oh, too. Oh, cool. And Tilda Swinton was in it. She, I, let me see what she, I forgot she was. Yes, so that's her. She was voicing. She was the. That's right. That's our second Tilda Swinton movie. Yes. This I told yeah. you she's very versatile. I, I, I love her as an actress. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was the sprite that gave him life, but she yes. was also death whenever he would die. She was the voice yeah. of both of them. That was awesome. Like, the book she nailed that nailed that voice. And Finn uh. Wolf Finn Wolfhard was um, Candlewick. The Candlewick, yeah, that was that was cool. But that's, that's pretty surprising. And I know I was surprised at that too. Yeah. Um, but Eric, to your thing that you said though about. Um, Tilda Swinton, and it's our second movie watching her. The voice of Pinocchio was also in Guernsey. Yes, I, I wrote that down. <laughs> so just I don't know if you recognize him, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I think he had a very small part in Guernsey. The, the young version of one of the characters. Yeah, uh, in a flashback or something. So, but hey, double up on on all kinds of actors. Um, I want to add one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> I like the I like the I like the idea of uh of, I like the, I see movies where people are like it's kind of like the uh, Encino Man thing where they come into a you know they come to an environment that they're not used to and they're they're trying to learn about the world so they, they, they're, they're fish out of water yeah fish out of water yes so obviously Pinocchio was a fish out of water and 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 you know and, and then once he was in a fish. Yes, Weird. yes, he was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that kind of the kind of thing where he's kind of learn about the world around him, and uh, yeah, like why don't I yeah. do this? But I did this, but, but why does this matter? Like, you it know, forces kinda... you to see it through his eyes, yes. so you sort of end up appreciating things that you take for granted a little more, mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just two quick comments on things that you mentioned. One was mm -hmm. the fact that you enjoyed that he was. Uh, the Pinocchio, the design of him was asymmetrical and not exactly like a real boy, just sort of in the basic form of a boy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you guys uh, know what this is, but there's this concept called the uncanny valley, which uh, I'm sure Fahad does, but it, where it talks about how, you know, like robots or even, you know, action figures or teddy bears or what have you, anything that's sort of in a, um, a person form, the more it looks like an actual person, the more creeped out we get. And if it, oh. and and the less it looks like a real person, the more we're able to accept it as a, as a as what it is. Uh, but it it really unnerves us, you know. For instance, you know, I, I, we'll we'll see what happens to humanity when we get our first uh, android that basically is indistinguishable from a human. It's probably going to really freak people out and cause a problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, so just to that point, um, Pinocchio was definitely well on the on the uh, the high side of the of the uncanny valley curve. Um, so not creepy at all, just adorable. Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas Megan is on the other side, and that's why there's a lot of yes. creepiness when you look at her. Exactly, that's the point of Megan's design. Oh, I see you. That's interesting. Human. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she does look daggone creepy. Yeah, anyway. 
Yeah, to anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's James Wan's upcoming horror movie with the 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 uh, life-size doll, killer doll. Uh, and the other thing was, you mentioned that you thought when you first started that the movie was hauntingly beautiful. And this is completely apropos of nothing, but uh, I don't know if anyone's watched How I Met Your Mother, but there's a scene, <laughs> I think early in the series, where uh, Ted Mosby is drunk and he's hitting on a girl in a bathroom and he he's very drunk. So he says... Do you want to, he's, they're talking about karaoke and he's like, do you know that, that the word karaoke means empty orchestra? Isn't that hauntingly beautiful? Oh my God. <laughs> as soon as you said hauntingly beautiful, I was like, oh, like karaoke. That's funny. Of course, I, I, I know all the show, but I never really watched it. But yeah, that, that's interesting. I love that show. Yeah. I loved it enough. I'm willing to watch How I Met Your Father, but even though it's not quite as good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to Fahad, our last fogey. You um so to answer your questions, um, I like the song that he's that Pinocchio saying when he, oh just a reminder for everybody the questions were what did we think of the music and oh what gotta ask that oral <laughs> lessons did we learn for our do we feel like the movie showed us um so for the songs I like the song he sang when he when Pinocchio came to life I thought that was fun. Um, the other songs, like in the beginning, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't expecting it to be a musical. So when I was, was it Geppetto and his son that sang at first, was that the first song was like a song that they sang together? Like, I love being your son. I love being your father. Kind of a song. Didn't, um, didn't he ask his, didn't he ask his dad to sing him a lullaby that his mom used to sing? Oh, maybe that was the first one, but I, anyway, I wasn't expecting it. So I just. I was like, these songs are weird. Um, and then for the more, like, what kind of morals did it teach us? Um, I mean, you guys have hit on a lot of stuff already, so I'm not going to retread there. But I think one thing that it did teach us through Geppetto is that it's never too late to find love again. Because, you know, <laughs> this movie started out on a very sad note and it ended on a very sad note. Minus the mid credit scene, Eric, like you said, that showed like a glimmer of hope, like, oh, life lives on afterwards. But, um, you know, like his son dies and that was so sad to watch. Like you, you knew obviously he was going to die because you knew the story and what's going to happen. But them showing it and everything and just what he Geppetto went through after, you know, in his head, he can never love again because his son is gone. Even Pinocchio, he's like, I can't love this thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end he did love him and it became his other son. Um, And it just shows in life in general, you know, never count yourself out of the game. Like when it comes to that, Um, you know, it it can always happen again. And it's sad because I'm just saying in in the past few months, you know, in the world of celebrities, we've heard so many suicides and stuff. And it kind of goes to like what we've talked in several of these episodes and that, you know, just give it another chance, give it another shot. You know, it's never too late. And, you know, you can find a way out. And I feel like with Geppetto, um, you know, he suffered probably the worst tragedy. Of, he suffered the worst tragedy a parent could ever suffer. Um, you know, and at that point, you could shut yourself out, but he learned to love again and, you know, lived a good life with Pinocchio. So I think that was a moral that I saw come out of this movie. Um, in terms of the movie itself, you know, everybody's touched on the visual aspects of it. So it was visually stunning. It was a great movie to watch in terms of the visuals and the scenery and what you're actually seeing. Um, I've never really been into the Pinocchio story, 
but I did enjoy some of the changes that they made to this story. And I really enjoyed the darkness that it kind of put over the entire story, like putting it during wartime, showing you, like Shelly, you were saying, like in real life, children were taught how to fight and go to war. And they showed those scenes and characters died on screen in this movie. Um, so it, it wasn't afraid to, to go there and be dark and be grounded in reality in a lot of ways. Obviously, the movie overall is not grounded in reality. I mean, a little wood boy comes to life. Um, Pinocchio as a character, <laughs> I honestly could not stand him. Oh, I couldn't either. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not done. I could not stand him in the beginning. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> He is getting on my nerves. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I'm just yeah. laughing because I feel bad saying that after everything you all said. You know, if Grayson, your dog Grayson, could talk, this is exactly how he would behave. Probably. Grayson, stay there. <laughs> I am not going to stay. I am not going what to stay. Look at me. I am not staying. <laughs> um, Grayson, don't eat that poop. I'm going to eat that poop. Look at that poop. I am going to eat it. Yeah. And then I'll dress up as poop and do a little song about yeah. it. Yeah, and maybe that's why he annoyed me. It reminded me of something too close to home. No, but um, I, I mean, on all seriousness, though, I, I, he did bother me for the first like half of the movie. Um, up until like he started realizing once he was captured, what that he was kind of a prisoner in a way and not the star of the show, and um, that the money wasn't going back to Geppetto. And kind of when he started getting worried about that and brought a bit more humanity to him. And I think that's when I started being like, okay, I, I kind of like him now. He's fine. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Cause that means the, the arc of the character worked for you because yeah. that was what he was, he was becoming a boy. He was becoming a real boy, but just in not a way that you would expect. Um, another thing, I guess it did teach us the movie is that sometimes you do have to lie to get out of a tough situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ruth, you said it spot on yeah. earlier when you identified. It. I was like, oh, that's what I want to talk about is to get out of the dogfish or whatever. He had to lie and that saved the day. So whether that's a good lesson to teach or not, but, you know, and a lot of times people have to do that sometimes. And I guess this movie did not shy away from that aspect of lying. Um, but maybe it would be good if you do watch it with your children to kind of explain that part a little bit more like you don't yeah. always need to lie to get out of bad situations but yeah so like I said the movie started in sadness and ended in sadness uh but in the middle I mean there was a lot of hope and you know everything that was going on I loved the scenes where he would die go into the afterlife and be like okay send me back and you know he'd go back that was kind of fun uh, I was just I was just going to say that I, I was going to add that in and, and I found that um, I really liked that they added that it was just an interesting sort of side story to add that he would could die and then come back. Yeah. Die yeah. And come back. Um, yeah. So I found that really uh, I found that was probably my favorite part or aspect of the story overall was the incorporation of his death and resurrection every time, which is interesting considering his comparison to Jesus earlier on. Mm -hmm. so take that however wherever you want um i can't in the end, he did I don't know the bible right. enough to say anything beyond that um but uh yeah so i mean overall 
it was a great movie to look at. Um, the story, like I said, Pinocchio, it's kind of like, ah, for me, but the stuff that they added into it or changed made me appreciate it and helped me enjoy the movie as I was watching it. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Great. Thank you so much, Fahad. Um, I just wanted to add a, a few extra things uh, and then open it up for any any last comments people might want to make. Uh, one was, uh, we've talked about it a couple of times, but the scene where Geppetto is making Carlo drunk in the night. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but it, it, it occurred to me as very Edward Scissorhands, the, where you see those opening scenes where Vincent Price is making Edward. Yes. Uh, <laughs> something about it struck me like that. But I also yes. read that um, it, it's supposed to have parallels to Frankenstein. Because Geppetto oh, yeah. makes a person that is brought to life, but then, but then in the beginning, at least, Geppetto is unwilling to to teach this uh, new person what life is about, to explain why you do things in life, and 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 the the new living creature actually leaves and goes into the world on its own, which is very similar to the story of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I also remember thinking when he when Pinocchio was first brought to life. And this was partly due to the strange shape of his body, but the way he moved it, I was like, he's so awkward. Maybe he was brought to life right at the point of puberty. <laughs> um, another thing was, I don't know if this uh, struck you guys, but there's a scene when they're on the water and the dogfish is sort of present, but there's a, a seagull lands on one of those spiky bombs, the, the spiky mines, and then blows up. And I thought, oh my God, that was Scuttle. And they just blew him up. <laughs> because it had this like disney quality to it you know this animated, animated drama um they don't want to know what their mermaids look like in that world oh yeah well, I think, you know didn't one of the sprites have a mermaid tail ish <laughs> um yeah so probably not uh ariel-esque and then uh the one, one last thing was we talked about a few of the interesting casting uh choices like kate blanchett doing a monkey which apparently is because she worked with uh, GDT on Nightmare Alley and they enjoyed it so much that she asked to be a part of Pinocchio. And he said, well, the only part that's left is the monkey. Oh. As sort of a joke, <laughs> just, I'll do it. <laughs> so I think that's wonderful. And, and I love those stories about how, um, you know, a, a crew, a cast and crew that make a film become a family that lasts beyond the film. I always love that. Uh, but one thing we that no one mentioned yet, I'm happy to say that I only found out because I watched that 30 making 30 minute uh, making of featurette was that uh, Toby Froud was one of the character sculptors and they interview him in that featurette. If you don't recognize that name, he was the baby in Labyrinth. Wow. What, 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 what? Was it yes. the baby's name, Toby? And the baby's name was Toby because they just gave it the same baby's name. Uh, and he's an adult now, and he works for the Jim Henson Company because uh, his, oh. his father worked on Labyrinth with the Jim Henson Company. Nice. And that's why, as a baby, he was put in the movie. Oh. And then it, oh. I think it's an incredible story that when he grew up, he decided he wanted to be a part of puppeteering, too. So he oh. was one of the character sculptors for this movie, The Baby from Labyrinth. Oh, my gosh. I think that's nice. like the coolest fact about this whole... That is whole really cool. Yeah. Okay, so um, those are... The last of my notes on this, is there anything anyone was uh, was uh, inspired to say? Sorry, I just, yeah, I, I forgot one thing that I did find funny is that Sebastian J. Cricket kept on calling Pinocchio his house. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, and that is what, like, he, he it was his house, and he was only there mainly because if he looked after Pinocchio, he could get his wish or whatever. Um, but obviously, he learned to care for Pinocchio too. But I love that most of the time it was his house. It was nice that the house was in his Pinocchio's heart. But yeah, I like that. I like that in the you know what we both what most of us know uh, as the Pinocchio adaptation, adaptation, the Disney one. Uh, that Jiminy Cricket was supposed to be his conscience, but in this one, he's literally his heart, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a very interesting little tweak to it. Instead of a hole in his head, it was a hole in the heart that he built. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he has one of my favorite lines, which is at the end when he when you realize that he he, he loves and cares for Pinocchio and he's been trying his best, where he says, what is the line? It's sometimes the best you can do he says, uh, Pinocchio taught me that. And then he says, well, I mean, I, I taught him and then he taught it back at me. <laughs> well, I try my right best and me, that's yeah. the, I try my best and that's the best anyone can do. I love that. Yes. It, 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 just the way he said, well, actually, Pinocchio, actually, I taught Pinocchio that and Pinocchio taught me. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's really beautiful. Um, and it was very funny. Yeah. Okay. My heart broke for Geppetto when Pinocchio was lying dead in his arms. I thought they have to make him come back because I can't right. take him for him to lose another boy. Maybe it that was fair, just right? no. That can't be fair. That won't be right. And I still thought that the wood sprite was going to touch him and he was going to turn into a flesh and blood boy. But I was waiting for that to happen. When I he... did too. But I am glad that. But that I'm glad did. he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was real enough. I'm glad like, that didn't he... happen. There's no realer. He was himself. He was. Yeah. He was himself. Exactly the way he should be. Even though his legs are exactly. new because he burned them off. That was really funny too. I love that like nothing phases Pinocchio in the beginning of the movie. He's, he yeah. like, sets himself on fire and it's fun, you know? Because <laughs> uh, he just doesn't understand consequences. I like but, that uh, he could taste food though. He loved chocolate, the hot, hot chocolate. chocolate. And then I liked when he was having to lie and he's like and i love the smell of onions <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't understand the rules of his life <laughs> he can eat no. but he doesn't feel his feet on fire but well, okay whatever <laughs> it's a fantasy we have to just accept what they give to us okay well i think then it's that time again for recast. We close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is Shelly. Yay, I was hoping you would call on me first. So <laughs> I recast Count uh, Vol Volpe yes. with um, Louis C.K. because... <laughs> He looked like Louis C.K. to me every time he came up on screen. That's all I could think of. And I, I think he would do a good job. He's done voice acting or before he was in the Secret Life of Pets. He played a dog. Um, but I, th I think he'd make a good villain. Okay. Fahad and I were wondering if people would go, even in this instance, uh, with a little bit of appearance to, to guide them for recasts. <laughs> and you know the red hair on Count Volpe <laughs> I can see it <laughs> okay so yep. let's do Ruth next okay so um I was thinking of I can't exactly remember the name of the show but um I had watched it some with my 
uh nisa's like when we're at the beach and stuff neil patrick harris is on it from netflix he kind of plays the same kind of character mini snickets it might be the one where he tries to get oh, out of this two children. series of unfortunate events yeah series yeah. of unfortunate events so i could was curious to see his take on that because i could see him playing the same kind of character count volpe um yeah oh, okay yeah sounds good yeah. how about Fahad next uh so i decided to recast the voice of podesta which is that uh the father of was a candlewick um yes the one who died by bomb dropping in the air and he was entangled in the web um the net but anyways i decided to give him that air of sophistication still but with another voice that i also think kind of demands respect and attention uh Giancarlo esposito Ooh. oh yeah. i thought i thought you were gonna say alan rickman oh, oh that would have that would have been good too i would have been alan that. rickman for the priest oh oh yeah okay, okay. Yeah, I like those ideas. Is Giancarlo Esposito, is that a Spanish name or an Italian name? <laughs> I don't know. That's the point. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Is, I'm looking it up right now. I mean, he's American, but. I know, but. Uh, he looks like he's. Yeah, his, his father is Italian from Naples. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was about to say, he looks, he looks <gasps> like he's. Hey. So, he's the, like, I, I recast with an Italian. Yeah, and I, oh, that's where your family's from? And, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. so there we go i actually found somebody part italian and i recast so um yeah great thanks fahad perfect choice and you accidentally have an italian person so uh let's go to tequila well i decided to cast because pinocchio voice <gasps> of roman griffin davis he yeah. was the little boy on jojo rabbit and oh. yes <laughs> He has a very high-pitched uh, British voice. Uh, yeah, so it sounded just like him. After seeing him in the movie, that's how they cast him with. <laughs> need to yeah. yeah. All right, so that leaves only me. And my recast is also Podesta. Um, Podesta was voiced by Ron Perlman, actually, who I really love. But for some reason, I don't know, his voice did not work for this character for me. I... I don't, he doesn't even get it enough lines, I think, to really make a difference. And, uh, but I do love that Guillaume, uh, GDT <laughs> um, has cast a few people he's worked with before, like David Bradley from The Strain mm. and Ron Perlman from Hellboy uh, and Kate Blanchett from Nightmare Alley. But it, his voice just didn't work for Podesta for me. So I wanted to recast him with, uh, and I tried also to think like, do I know any Italian actors? And then I thought of somebody and I had to look it up to make sure he does have Italian heritage just to make sure I got it right. But I thought Alfred Molina would be a good choice. Oh, yeah. Because he has that air of uh, confidence and authority uh, and he could do a little bit of an accent and get away with it. <laughs> uh, so I thought that would be a good choice. All right. So that finishes recast. Uh, and the next thing to do is to rate this movie. So y'all know the drill. Get out your chats. Enter your numbers, raise your thumbs, and then Fahad's going to count us down to zero to hit enter. Okay. Three, two, oh, let me get ready. I haven't entered in. I just need to put my mouse in there. Three, two, one, zero. Okay, Shelly, read them to me, please. 
All right. Ruth, three. Fahad, 3.75. Takia, five. And me, four. Cool. What was Eric? Wait, did I say Eric? Oh, sorry. I skipped <laughs> over Eric for some reason. Eric, four. Wow, another five from Takia. Yeah. Look okay. at this. Wow. This, uh, Eric, I you told gotta... you, this hit the spots. Hit the spots. What did we get? <laughs> you got a 3.95, the exact same average as Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. We now have a three way tie at number five in our. Gee. Goodness gracious. Well, that means Ruth needs to keep this streak going. I hope her next movie that she's about to announce to us is going to get another 3.95. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to be, girl? Okay, so uh, for my choice for this week, um, I have chosen Tell It to the Bees, and um, Anna Packin is in it. She uh, plays a girl that um, has come back to a small town in Scotland after growing up and kind of just rumors of her um, and found out about um, being a lesbian in the in the time frame what <laughs> she's a what <laughs> <laughs> um and just how much how um she's a beekeeper what do you think eric was reacting to Ruth? jeez i thought she was a pisces <laughs> okay sounds great so we all have our assignments and I think that wraps this up. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching this movie. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it filled you with some holiday spirits. Uh, I celebrate Christmas all December. I don't know about you, so. I do, um, too. I, too. I'm filled with holiday yeah. spirits right now, Eric. I am filled with other spirits as well. <laughs> I did not wash bourbon. I'm very proud of it. Oh, it is December. It's not November anymore. <laughs> right. Okay, so... Uh, that wraps it up, like I said, and therefore I declare this episode of Low Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everybody say bye. 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 is a book book i've never book. heard of i've never heard of that word without the word comic preceding it <laughs> <laughs>